it became so simple. Like all of the things that I'm like, oh, there's just so much and there's so much to talk about and there's so much to like express and like help people dive into and it can feel overwhelming. I'm like, oh, how do I distill it? And how do I make it elegant and, you know, simple? And then yesterday it was just so blaringly obvious how fucking simple it is, you know? It's not about flexing your creative muscle and there's nothing wrong with you know, aspiring to see and do things differently and like make things look a certain way. But like, I feel like we just get too out of, bent out of shape about it. Trying to be better from like a skill perspective. I think we can be better from a being perspective. Really understand what this work is for the people that you're doing it for and for yourself. Help Me See is a podcast that redefines the word vision through vulnerable and real conversations, my own private introspective ramblings about the things that I think about in the wee hours of the morning, and my deep core belief that your nothingness is your everything and all you have to do is see. I'm Bianca Mora. I'm your host. I am an educator, a photographic artist, and I believe that your daily photo habit can be the key to unlocking the ability to be more present in your everyday life and live deeper into your intention and purpose. We're not about the small talk here. Grab your coffee, get cozy, and let's talk. All right. Welcome to another episode of Help Me See. And the fact that I chose to start this recording with all right instead of hi should give you a hint. This one's probably going to be a heavier one. Had some heavy stuff on the heart and mind lately. Um, A lot of it around really why we do what we do in this photo taking ritual that we all engage in, in some capacity, whether it's the most informal or formal. And, um, yeah, I had two other episodes. I never have a stockpile of episodes ever. And I can't even post you. I didn't upload those because I'm like, I need to talk about this. Like I, I, right now, it needs to happen right now. I don't know why I feel so weird posting an episode if it's not like exactly what I was literally thinking the day or two before. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, just so you know, this is a uh, hot off the press of this brain. So, okay. Where do I start? Um, I was reading a Brianna Weist book the other day, and there was something in there where she said, um, if you want to know what you really want or, or your purpose or something, I don't know, I'll butcher it. I don't have it in front of me. I'm driving. I just took my kid to school. Um, look at what you fear. So like what's behind what you fear? 
And that's like what you truly value, like what you really want, like the thing. What is behind that? Um, <clears throat> so starting off with that, uh, and now segueing, you're going to follow me on my mind map, my spidey web. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you watch Succession. And if you do, and you have not watched the latest episode, do not proceed. <laughs> I will spoil this for you. But odds are it would have already been spoiled by social media. So the latest episode of Succession was literally like if I if I had a phobia of anything, like if anything I feared enough to classify as a phobia, it would be the very moment of learning or having something happen that means death or near death or, you know, something like that. The actual moments. It's not even, which of course, like have deep feelings about what the aftermath it would be and blah, 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 blah. But it's like that actual moment where you cannot escape there is nothing you can do. I'm feeling really emotional talking about it because it really freaks me out. Um, it's just, you have to feel it and exist in it. There's nothing to do. Like when Tyson passed and he literally dropped and it was like an emergency. Oh God. God, it's been like over two years. Sorry, didn't expect this right now, but... And it was like during it, it was like when we kind of knew that that was it, but we were like kind of in denial. And it's like that panic. I kept trying to call. Um, I kept trying to call like vets and no one was helpful and no one was like answer. And my hands were shaking and it's just like that panic and that complete and utter loss of control. But it's so ironic because you never, ever have control really um, anyway, <laughs> but it's just, it's blaringly painfully obvious with something like that. Um, so in this episode of succession, they get a call that they're doing chest compressions on their father, that they're like essentially estranged from, and they've had a really terrible relationship and contentious business relationship and personal relationship with, and these three children, there are four actually, um, that, have had such a strange relationship with him. You see them like grown ass, like billionaire adults. You see them just look like panicked little kids desperately trying to reach for and access the parts of them that they've used to logic their way out of something or execute or assert their power. But there's nothing there's nothing to do. There's nothing you can do. And, um, the thing they, in the show, they were the person that was with their father said, I don't know if he can hear you, but I'm putting the phone by his ear. And each one of them like had like such a, like, it was like the most brilliant acting I've, I've seen. And 
they had their moments of like stuttering and telling them, I did it's it's I can't forgive you, but it's okay. It's okay. I love you. And it was so heartbreaking. And it's also so important to see something like that and be reminded of how true that statement is. Like you don't have to in the grander scheme of life and like knowing the impermanence or whatever, excuse everyone and anything for hurting you all the time and blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't have to be amended. It doesn't have to be forgiven for, for you, for us to have like the higher knowing that at the end of the day, it's almost all okay. Because when faced with a situation like that, everything becomes very simple and clear. All of the baggage, all of the contradicting feelings and complexities all become really clear when it's a light switch lights off moment. Um, So I was that episode really really triggered me and um it made me like feel physically ill and but it was I'm so glad I watched it and you know something that I struggled with when I was first starting like officially starting my business and like when I decided to not go back um to a corporate job and you do the things that you do when you first like begin a business and you hear um, how to tell people your why and how to whatever, all the stuff that I have since ignored um, and just gone about my own way. But something that I really struggled with in the beginning is this idea of, and I guess it's not a past struggle. I mean, it's still cognizant in my mind, but like I never want my platform, my work, my education to be, to feel like you must because it's all ending at some point. Like this looming fear mongering intensity, but it's hard to temper because that's truly why I've gotten to this point. It's being so afraid of that, being so afraid of the end of something I love that there's nothing left, but the images and the memories. So to go deeper into that though, to go past the fear, to go to the higher intention of the fear of it ending. And it's like, well, why? Well, okay. Yes, it's important. Yes. That's really scary. And at the end of the day, yeah, it's so, can be so comforting and important to have imagery and um, 
you know, experiences through the imagery. Um, but what does that matter? You know, for what purpose, for what purpose? (laughs) And really this fear is ironic because my highest value and desire is to be able to witness and see and experience all parts of the human experience. And I truly feel like um, the photographic practice is a modality to help us do that in so many ways that it blows my mind. Um, Yesterday, fast forward, yesterday, I very last minute went and had to photograph or had to, I offered to photograph a close friend's dog puppy, actually, because they're probably having to um, let him go today is super rare, crazy form of um, cancer in him. And he's like barely two, this puppy. And, um, it was the first time that I've photographed something, someone, a situation with a direct, like knowing of how quickly this will transpire. You know, it's always in the back of my mind. Like it's always a layer. It's always a film. And I try not to live in that space um, because it can be suffocating. But I like to take the parts of it that really are a higher and more like pure intention and free from the franticness and really like help me access this a beautiful hindsight vision rather than a panicked hindsight vision and like a desperate one in saving um, because it's a really slippery slope. But I've never been in the situation where I'm photographing knowing that it's here, like we're at the doorstep. It's here. It's not some vague, you know, future inevitable date you know, and hopefully a decade or more, you know, for this dog, it's, you know, probably 24 hours type of thing. And you know, it's really interesting. Um, The camera serves as both a deeply connective and transcending tool for me and also a barrier it's weird like it's like it becomes both this I'll read at the end of this episode I'll read a piece of writing that I wrote yesterday um 
actually yesterday before I even knew that I was doing this, which is actually weird. I just realized that right now. Um, anyway, but it's like this neutrality of witnessing that happens when I put the camera to the face and I don't know. I'm thinking about it in real time. It's like, it's less cerebral. It's more. feeling like I do it's like I stopped kind of hearing and like the hearing gets muffled and everything else gets heightened uh visually um for for me it's first and foremost uh light and shape and um and then it's like this conceptual love level of viewing things through double, triple, quadruple meaning. It's really weird. Um, it's pretty beautiful, but so I was taking these pictures and it was, you know, a very sensitive time, obviously. And I didn't want to burst out crying, um, (laughs) and have, you know, our friend have to support me through crying over this. Right. And so I'm, really keeping myself um, as stoic as possible. And he's just talking like, he's just like needing to talk it out. And it's harder for me to get in deep flow when I'm taking pictures. If I feel like I am supporting someone like in, in terms of like engaging with them and like, uh, because I get very, like a very intent on listening. Like I really want to hear what they're saying, but it's really hard. Like I can, but it's hard to do both obviously to the most intense capacity. So again, it was, you know, the decision of like, okay, this is a very hard, unique, weird situation. He's having to sit there and he's being photographed with his dog when it's probably the last thing in the world he wants right now is to be photographed. But he had the the wisdom and the, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what the feeling is. It's like to know to do something even though you really don't want to. And I don't know. I'm just inspired that he even said yes to the offer. And I'm really grateful and glad and hope I told him, you don't even have to look at the pictures. Like who knows if you even want to look at them for like, however, whatever amount of time, but like just knowing they're there might be of comfort. And anyway, um, so yeah, I'm trying to get these images out like as quickly as possible. And as I I'm editing them and looking at them. (sighs) I mean, it took some pictures that I, I don't know that I would have taken 
if I didn't know he was going to be gone, you know? Like, there's just some pictures with um, his hands in his fur and um, just, like, petting him as he's talking. and uh, But, like, really, really close. And it was really beautiful because in this situation, it was really stripped of I really want to make something beautiful. Like there's always a layer of like wanting to push and really like discover, go into discovery and how like how deep of a um, visual and then conceptual and sentimental and feeling connection I can make with like the pictures of like what I'm experiencing from the relationship I'm seeing like in the families or whatever. And then like, what aesthetically is going on. Like I just thrive off of making those connections. But like with this, it was so beautiful that there wasn't any, um, there was no location change. There was no, and now we'll go inside. Like he was not very mobile. We just went into the little patch of grass in the middle of this apartment complex. And he just laid there, you know, and, um, It's funny because, you know, I'm teaching this course coming up and all of you, you're probably like, yeah, fucking I'll believe it when I see it because I still (laughs) haven't launched the damn thing. But there's just so much important stuff happening. And I know, like, I know, like, I know that once it, like all of the stuff that has happened recently is going to be so valuable in incorporating into this cohort of whoever joins me in this, um, in this new program for photographic artists, like I, so I'm at peace with, (laughs) with it being a little stalled, delayed, but, um, it became so simple. Like all of the things that I'm like, oh, there's just so much and there's so much to talk about. And there's so much to like, uh, express and like help people dive into. And it felt, it feel, can feel overwhelming. I'm like, oh, how do I distill it? And how do I make it elegant and you know simple and then yesterday it was just so blaringly obvious how fucking simple it is you know it's not about flexing your creative muscle and there's nothing wrong with you know aspiring to see and do things differently and like make things look a certain way but like I feel like we just get too out of bent out of shape about it, trying to be better from like a skill perspective. I think we can be better from a being perspective. Really understand what this work is. for the people that you're doing it for and for yourself. It's not different either. You know, it's funny. It's like, 
this gesture for him is just as much for me. It's like that panic when I felt, when I heard that they're probably going to have to lose them tomorrow. And I was like, oh, like, like I felt panic. So I, he has to have pictures. He has to have pictures, you know? And feeling that and then having the, you know, gracious opportunity to like be there and witness and be present with that. And it shows me a lot about my own feelings about it, right? Because once again, circling back to Brianna Weiss, you know, which I never quoted appropriately in the first place. Who the fuck knows what she said? But, you know, whatever is what you value most or your highest purpose or what you want is behind what you fear. Um, you know, and it's pretty beautiful that the fear really offers so much. If there wasn't fear, if there wasn't heightened emotion there, would it be enough to have driven me to this work for the song? You know what I mean? Like, what makes people move? Fear and love, I feel like. <laughs> you know? you scared of something? Or do you really love it? And they're kind of the same thing. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm going to read what I wrote. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. I hope that I did it uh, when I warned that this was going to be intense. I don't know that I did it justice in the gravity of the warning because... I didn't know that it was going to get like me slobber. Like I'm wiping snot with my sleeve in my car outside of my driveway. Um, here, let me, let me read this. This is what I wrote um, yesterday at the studio while I was there just doing a free write. And um, this is before I even knew that I was going to take that pictures of of the dog it says, do you want to see what is important to you? Look at your photographs. Do you want to see what you're afraid of? Look at your photographs. Do you want to see what's missing? Look at your photographs. Do you find yourself searching for something that isn't present in your current photographs? Look at the absence of your photographs. Your photographic practice is a modality for self-discovery, presence, and living an intentional life. The part of you that knows you want to take a photograph also shows up later when you are witnessing the photographs you've taken. You're accessing a higher consciousness. The camera is a tool that invites both a neutrality and a heightened emotional response to a situation at the same time. It distances and also draws you in. You can see so much more clearly and also everything kind of blurs. It's going so high in the sky that everything seems still. It's accessing a part of you that has the ability to witness your life with the wisdom and the scope of a bird's eye view, yet with the intensity of being so deeply inside of a moment that you almost forget to breathe. 
I think most of us undermine the power of this experience because it's just too easy. It's effortless and natural and simple. How could something so profound be so simple? I noticed this enough to take a photograph. That's it. It's so pure. You don't need to cognitively know why you took the photo or what it means. You just let yourself pause long enough to feel something. And if you give yourself another pause at some point, I bet you will find that you actually do know what it means and why you took it. Most of us do this every single day, take a photo. Yet we constantly search for the answers outside of ourselves when we already wrote down all that we need to know. Your photographs show you what you see. Being aware of what you see keeps you awake to your life and gives you the power to intentionally choose more, different, or the same. (sighs) So, there's your light reading for the day. Um, Yeah. I guess, at the end of this, I just want to... I want to invite you to access that higher consciousness, like to really just nod to it when you're feeling stressed about not being good enough or skilled enough or, you know, just worrying about shit that doesn't matter. If you're ever twisted up and you think about being at that moment, even if it's just for a second, at the end of the day, when you get that phone call, does that matter? Like, does that matter? It's like this very sobering alignment that happens You know, and I'm not saying to (laughs) just swim in these waters all the time. Um, I know that I'm in them too much because it feels like a lot. Um, But I also know, like I know, like I know that I've gotten better about living with the sensitivity and this knowing and deeply knowing and understanding the more pot, like the more positive, I I hesitate saying that word. I actually don't really like that word because it, it's so closely linked to toxic positivity to me. So I avoid it, but the, the higher intent, the higher purpose of that feeling is so beautiful. Um, to be afraid to let something go, to be afraid to feel so significantly in a moment and not be able to escape it. And in those moments, our ability to process 
and see more clearly is, um, well, I guess it's ironic because I guess you do see more clearly than ever, but then also you don't at the same time, much like taking photographs of it. I don't know, man, I'm waist deep in this, uh, I'm thinking this through right now, but, uh, I just thought it was very, very, very important. And it felt like a lot of, um, synchronicities around this specific topic. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to cut it there. I have a coffee that I've taken two sips from. I can't even believe that I've been talking for 30 minutes with two sips of coffee in my system and they put too much milk in it. So I'm like annoyed. Usually they're so good about it. Starbucks is pretty good about if you say a little bit of oat milk or a little bit of whatever, it's usually like pretty dark, which is great, but this is pretty light. It's upsetting. Um, I usually drink it black, but I had gotten on a little bit of a light oat milk kick. Why am I wrapping this episode with oat milk and coffee? It was such a, such a heavy and deep episode. And I'm like, let me tell you about my Starbucks order and how I'm disappointed. What the fuck does it matter? <laughs> okay. Um, that's it. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week. Um, sending a hug. I, I hope that I wasn't too doom and gloom in your day. Uh, but I wouldn't be sharing this if I didn't deeply believe that it's the right thing to do to have these conversations because avoiding these conversations, um, can lead to a lot of regret. And I think it's healthy to have these conversations. Okay. All right. Sending so much love and light. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast.